welcome back to I Was Hornswoggled, a podcast journal about waking up from a narcissist-induced nightmare. I am your host, Horena, and today is March 14th, 2022. I am not uh, in my van today. It is a Monday, and so that means we're going to have a more organized topic central episode and we're going to be covering smear campaigns. This is something that if you are familiar with um, narcissism is a topic that is the one of the most hurtful things that happen when you are being abused by a narcissist uh, in hindsight. When you can start to pull back the layers of your abuse and you can start to see where they were lighting fires and burning bridges behind your back and then when you turned around to run to one of your trusted loved ones and friends, family, co-workers or whatever, they had already gotten to them and it is a very disgusting maneuver but count yourself wiser having experienced it once you're going to be more equipped to experience it and to call it out and to see the red flags in your future. So that's what this episode is going to be about. So I just want to welcome you to my podcast journal where I share my awakening from my narcissist-induced nightmare. Hornswoggled means to be tricked or deceived by someone and I was deceived by my own mother for over 20 years and I have decided to share my experience to offer support to others who are going through the same thing that me and my family are going through. So the content I have found surrounding narcissistic abuse is shared by professionals, fellow survivors, and also I share my own experiences and I throw them into all my episodes. And this podcast is meant to share my personal experience information I have found helpful and sources that you can check them out on your own and also like I said to share my own feelings as I unpack this huge blow as well as share content that has helped me to find answers to how to process this huge blow so when I do shows like this I will obviously have the show notes up on my blog and that is hornswogglepodcast.com and I also just want to let you know that um, I chose to record my episodes or my podcast about my experience because that's the last thing an abuser wants you to do is to share your story because it gives inspiration to others that they can escape, they can get out, they're not in this experience alone, you are not alone. So we're going to be moving into making sense where I'm going to cover some basics about smear campaigning. I'm sure in the future I'll do multiple episodes on spirit campaigning because there's so many different types and kinds and stuff like that. So as I learn more, I will share more. So let's learn something about smear campaigns. All right, so making sense of smear campaigning. If you have not experienced this yet, the odds are it's happening to you and you don't even know it. Or you are in a fresh relationship with a narcissist and they haven't had to utilize this tool against you. So keep your eyes open if you decide to stay. 
I don't, I mean, everybody has their reasons for staying or leaving a narcissistic abusive situation or abusive situation in general. Sometimes you can't always just drop and run. In my experience, I went no contact because I'm an adult. I was independent of my abuser. I was not aware. So I was not aware that my mom was abusing me because she was, I didn't live with her. So she would do everything outside of my home. She would smear campaign me to my family, to my friends, to my husband, to my church, to any relationship that she could get her grubby little hands in and destroy in, in hopes to isolate me and keep me right where she wanted me. And that was in her control. So smear campaigning is very disgusting. It is very hurtful and it is like the big whammy that they pull out you know when they're doing it i can only experience so far from like a covert way uh with my mom being a covert narcissist she did everything on the down low so i couldn't see her doing everything so upfront so that's what they do so um smear campaigns uh, intentionally spread they the narcissist during their smear campaign will intentionally spread false information and gossip to discredit you to undermine you, to control you, and to also isolate you. So they will strategically go behind you and badmouth you to every person that, that you seem to have a connection with. And then they will do that so that when they're big, you know, when they go in to feed off from you, that you will have nobody to run to. When they when they uh, have a narcissistic uh, temper tantrum at you, if they hurt you physically, if you go to run to anyone for help, they want to make sure that you will have no one. That is one of the main purposes of a smear campaign. Also, a smear campaign is exactly what it sounds like because they are going to destroy your name among your friends and your family. And they're going to do it to first appear like a victim of you rather than like the vicious monster that, that they are. They are going to make you look like the vicious monster when because they're projecting their ugliness and their evilness and their hatred out onto you and then they react it's really creepy they react to the projection that they shot out and placed on you they react to that as if it is true so it like makes their acting even more so because they're in essence responding to their own inner self and it's so creepy you are nothing like them because they would have not chosen you as their target if you were just like them. That's not how narcissists roll. Narcissists pick their targets because they idolize them. They admire them. They're, they have uh, the, their target is in a higher position or more talented or more uh, revered than them. So they choose their targets because they feel like that person is somehow superior to them and they're not okay with that. And they would love that for that person to be who they really were. So they will project their, all of their ooeyness and gooeyness out onto you and in essence to, in their mind, swap spots 
where they're the amazing one, they're the talented one, they're the revered one, and you are the evil villain. And that's what they do. So during the smear campaign, they will say anything that they can to appear to be the victim of you. They will make stuff up. So when you hear, and if you ever get the chance to hear what exactly the narcissist was saying to the people they were trying to rally against you, your jaw will drop. You will not believe the extent that they will lie. I only can say this from experience because when I got to talk to my friend and my sister that my mother had you know, done this huge smear campaign against me with each of those for a different amount of time, I was floored at some of the stuff my sister would say my mom told her that was going on with me. And then her and I both realized that she was smear campaigning my sister against me and smear campaigning me against my sister. But she was telling a lot of the same stories. So she wouldn't recreate a new story, which is even more in line with what we know about narcissists. So we, my sister and I, we never had our own identity to her. So in her narcissistic mind, I can only assume she didn't feel like she had to recreate a new monster to for each of us to have our own version. She literally painted my sister the same nasty picture that she painted me. And she just would tell the same narrative to both of us about each other. So when we compared notes, a lot of our notes lined up and we're like, wait a minute, that's what she told me about you. And then my sister would be like, wait a minute, that's what she told me about you. And it was just, it was like mind blowing, but it also peeled back yet another layer to help me. I could have gotten really mad and I could have gotten really upset and I could have felt very victimized, which I'm telling you, the only reason I I most likely didn't go through these feelings is because spiritually, I don't, I feel like I'm past that point. 10 years ago, I would have been thinking about revenge and vengeance and how I can pay them back and how I can do all that stuff. I'm so happy that I'm in a place right now spiritually that I would never even waste my time lowering myself, lowering my energy, lowering my my um, person to, to stoop to their level. It's a cliche thought process, but it is it is very true and that's why it exists. So so it was it was a nightmare. One of the things that really got my husband and I that we heard of my that she told my sister, she had painted me to my sister to be this absolute like unhinged individual. At one point she told my sister that when I had my babies, my kids, that I left the kids with my husband and disappeared and went driving around and threatening to drive into oncoming trains. She literally, she told my sister this. She also told her that my husband called all frantic and they were so worried about me and my mental state. Literally none of this ever happened. I don't even know where she could have created... I don't even know where she, she didn't even attempt to like build a lie on top of anything factual. She just literally verbally pooped out a lie and tried to sell it off to my sister. 
The only thing I could think of is that because narcissists project, this is something that my mom, I remember her telling us when I was little, that when she had me, she remembers driving in a car at, I think this was before she had kids and she had her dog in the car with her. And she would tell us growing up that she almost tried to take her life by driving off the road and intentionally trying to drive towards a tree. And then she looked down at her dog and decided not to because she didn't want to hurt her dog. So I can only assume that 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 little nugget that she built upon was her own experience of wanting to take her own life in the past. And then she projected this out onto me. So, because that's how we know what is going on inside a narcissist. So, if a narcissist is accusing you of something, they're more or less tattling on their own inner thought processes and behaviors and actions. So, that's another reason why I didn't get upset. Because the more I learned about a narcissist, the more I realized that she, the lies she told of me were more or less confessions of her own inner self. So once I knew that, I was so, like, my husband and I were just so, like, gobsmacked. We were like, what is going on? Are you kidding me? But then some of the stuff she told me us about my sister was, was equally as jaw-dropping for my sister. She's like, what? Are you kidding me? She really said that? So it was just such an eye-opening experience. So... Smear campaigns are also a form of damage control that narcissists use to, you know, they use when they become aware that they have been exposed. So it's like their ripcord. When a narcissist even senses that their target, their victim, is onto them, they will immediately go to do damage control by trying to save face. And that is what that that is normally when they reenact when they initiate their smear campaign. So if you even if you have just now woken up and you're looking around your life and you're going, what is going on? This is not making sense. Things are starting to feel weird about this person. And the more you learn about narcissists, the harder it's going to be for you to keep your your lid closed on the on the awakening process that you're going through it's going to be harder for you to go wait a minute because the first thing you're going to want to do is go you're a narcissist and i'm telling you from personal experience it's not it's not a great move because i could not I, I i feel like i've mentioned this in past past episode when i busted my mom out i couldn't hold it in i just because she kept demanding why we were acting so differently. And I was just like, cause you're a narcissist. So what she did was just start going around and telling everybody that I was a narcissist. So it's like, don't give your abuser any more ammo than they already have, you know, to, to use at you because they're just making stuff up on the fly. That's the downside. So if you're a type of person like I was wired for truth and justice, Being the victim of a narcissist is like our ultimate nightmare. And that's why I'm glad I just moved past it. It was like, whatever. The truth needs no defense to remain true. Truth is truth no matter what. It doesn't mean need to be defended. So I had to take peace in knowing that I know the truth and that is good enough for me. Because if I based 
my self-worth and my identity and my happiness and what others believed about me based off from whatever smear campaign was being launched against me, then I would be a hot mess. And I don't want to live my life in hot mess state. I want to live my life in a happy, balanced, reciprocal state. And I don't want to be around people who do not reciprocate my kindness and my my thoughtfulness and, and my, you know, my intention to be a good person. I don't want to be around people who have the opposite mindset where they just want to be negative and mean and angry and abusive. I have not, I, I have zero room for that in my world now. So be aware that the moment you may have just let it slip a little bit or you're just treating them a little bit different or you're not giving them the reaction that they want from you, good or bad, and they didn't get that feed from you, they stuck their straw on you and they came out empty, they're going to start wondering, hmm, they must be on to me. They're awake. They're waking. They're waking up. I'm. I've got to go. I got to go burn all their bridges so they can't run from me because I'm not done feasting off from them. It's really once you see about it, it's, it has very strong vampire vibes. Uh, narcissists do. So what they're gonna do next is they're going to remember every person that you've ever said meant anything to you, little or big, and then they're gonna target those people. It could be your parents, it could be your siblings, it could be your co-workers, it could be your best friend, it could be your therapist. If you go to therapy and your therapist is not schooled on the trickery of narcissists, they can easily turn a therapist against you. If you try to go in, the ther- they will play the victim, you will be the perpetrator, If you don't realize how to gray rock them and not give them a reaction, they're going to bait you and they're going to, (laughs) this is the other, oh, there's so many layers of smear campaigning. This is the other layer of smear campaigning is baiting because they will bait you. Baiting means exactly what it sounds like. They know your trigger points, right? So they know, like, let's say you, well, I'm just going to use my own experience to be honest. Um, My mother knew that I hated lies, right? So she would say, she or she, I hated it when people would gossip, you know, and she would go, well, I'm just not, I just don't like this person because did you see how they were doing? And I was like, I'm not going to gossip with you about talking. I'm not going to talk about this person. I'm not going to. If you're going to call me up just to badmouth somebody, you're wasting my time. And this is when I was slowly starting to just realize that after my dad had passed away and you really take a look at your life and where you're at and your relationships with people when you go through like a really emotionally um, jarring event in your life, you really can take, at least I did and I've I've heard others, you really take inventory of your life and you kind of take a step back and you just kind of do a double check. Like, am I where I want to be? Am I, am I in relationships I want to be? Am I living a life I want to live? So at that time, I started to realize my mom now, without my dad in her life, was really leaning on me to fulfill her feeding. And then she got, I don't even know like what she had going for with my sister. Cause I, at that time, my sister moved in with my mom because my mom gave her some sob story about how she just couldn't live anymore by herself. And she like trapped my sister in that way and got her back. So like my sister was living with them and then she went out on her own and got 
a job in a townhome and then she got sucked back in and then that was like another another layer of um, my mom's feeding so she would feed off from my sister at home and then she would call me up and feed off from me but she would know my triggers and then she would use them to feed so they will also use your triggers in front of people right so they will say something in front of the person that they plan to smear campaign you against. They will trigger you in front of that person. So let's say you said that your best friend, Julie, is, um, you know, you always love Julie. She, you have so much fun with Julie and you guys are going to go out to lunch and you're going to go out to lunch like every Wednesday. And if you share this with your target... Your target's be like, mm, no, you're not. I want to be that person. I'm going to be that person. You're not going to have another person outside of me. You're my trough. You're my target. You're, you don't get to have other relationships and friendships. That is mine. So then next time you're in front of Julie, they're going to start talking about someone. And then if you go, hey, can we just not can we just not start bad mouthing someone? They will clutch their pearls. They will turn around and go, oh, I hate it. Every time I just try to talk, you always shut me down and you won't ever let me just say what I want to say. And then you just look like, you're like, whoa, where did this come from? You felt like you were just stating, hey, I don't really want to be gossiping about this, right? And then your friend Julie's like, wow, you know, maybe you should just let her talk. You know, because the, the person on the outside is always going to most likely be wired to go, huh, and that's all the narcissist needs is that little bit of doubt to slide their seed in there, right? So then if they can trigger you another time and another time, just little things like that. Oh, that's the thing about a covert narcissist. It's a death by a thousand cuts. So take that one time with Julie and then let's say you're in the grocery store and you run into Julie again and you took your mom with you she would say, you know, she would do something to irritate you. Like, let's say she knew that you did not eat, uh, if you didn't like eating um, avocados, she would be like, here, I know how much you love avocados. And they'd be like, mom, I don't like avocados. I tell you this all the time. I don't know why you always try to force avocados on me when that's the one food that I I don't like. And then she goes, I'm only trying to help you. I just really saw this this recipe and it was just something that I really wanted to share with you. And I always, and I'm sorry that I can't remember what you like to eat. And then like, so then Julie now sees these little things where, you're, where your mother or your, your narc will bait you. They know, but Julie doesn't know that they know. You know what I mean? So then now when when your when your mom or your narc goes, like let's say the narc goes and they run into just your mom, and your mom will then use those two instances. I'm just using this as an example. It could be your narcissist. This should start to sound familiar with you. Then your narc will go, Wow, you know, I know you're friends with with Harena, but um, I just really have a hard time. I don't know. I don't know if she does this to you, but every time I try to say something, she just jumps down my throat and I just don't know what to do anymore. And, and I just hope she doesn't do that to you. And the, you know, they start doing this weird, creepy twisting of the story. So watch out when you start being baited 
by your narcissistic abuser and then you notice that they start baiting you in front of your friends, family, coworker, anyone they can and then they start immediately clutching their pearls and acting like the victim and you're like, whoa, where did this come from? This escalated really quick. Beware. This is the first part of the smear campaign so that they are putting down a foundation of behavior that they baited you into because they know your triggers and then they're going to build off from that. All right. So don't give them the reaction. Don't react. Play, just play into them. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I forgot that you didn't know that I didn't like avocados. You know what I mean? Like if your first reaction is to be like, whoa, like, you know, I don't like avocados. You, you know, I've never eaten them for 20 years. Why are, why are all of a sudden you're trying to force avocados? It's because they know that, but they know that your friend might not know that, you know? So all the narcissist has to do is plant that little bit of seed of doubt in your fa- your your family, friends, co-workers' mind. And then they will build and they will build and they will build off from it. And that, that doubt plant will grow because you don't know what's going on. So you can't move it out of the sun. You can't rip it out of the soil and re-get them back and go, no, this is not true. I, you know what I mean? You can't do damage control because the covert narcissist is doing all this behind your back. And you don't even realize you're just a puppet on their stage that they're building beneath your feet. And it's really disgusting. So smear campaigns are also frequently used to depict the former victim as the insane, quote, insane, bipolar, addict, alcoholic, unstable, good, like gold digger, thief, cheater, or poor parent, like you name it. The minute the smear campaign starts, they will paint the former victim of of the color of themselves that's inside of themselves, right? So once again, it's a confession of who they are, but they will project that out onto the victim that, that was the victim before you. So let's say you're dating someone they will talk about their ex in all negative terms. That's all you will ever hear. How they are the victim of this awful person. How they are the victim of this mean person, this uh, this aggressive person, this addict, uh, unstable, you know, anything. But what you as the new target don't realize is that they are just, one, confessing of who they really are inside. But then now they're triangulating you against their ex person that they're in a relationship with. So you don't have the luxury of knowing what their relationship was like if you weren't around them. So the natural person in a new relationship is just going to listen and believe whatever they're told. So if you're the new person in a relationship and all you hear about is everything horrible, 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 wah, 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 horrible, horrible about their past relationship, that's a red flag. Because one, nobody, one, wants to hear about the old relationship forever. Like it's common and casual to just, when you first meet, maybe swap some ex stories. But if this new person in your relationship always, always, always is throwing shade, smack talking, angry, ticked off, and constantly trying 
to get you roused up to defend them or to give them sympathy based off from their past experiences, be very aware. Be very on your guard because this is a triangulation. You might be the new target and that person was their old supply. You very well could be the new supply, all right? And then if you're the ex-victim and your abuser has a new target, don't get mad at the new target because you know exactly how they're going to be treated. You know exactly the crap that they're going through right now. You know, right? But you also know you can't go in and tell them. You can't go in and tell them, hey, this is how what's going to happen to you, blah, 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 because most they're already being built to hate you. They're already having a smear campaign against you. Your best thing is to just go live your life. Count your blessings. Get out of there and don't look back. And then if you see that they discarded their latest target, if you happen to run into them, you may be able to say something. But don't go running back in thinking you're going to change things because with a narcissist right in the middle of the smear campaign, they have that person believe in everything they're saying and and you are in no position to try to counter that because they have been working on their new target for quite a while and the smear campaign is way bigger and deeper than you had ever anticipated so just saying smear campaigns also um the perpetrator strives to undermine the victim's credibility and sanity by constructing a series of falsehoods, exaggerations, half-truths, suspicions, and false claims regarding the victim's behavior. And that is what I was experiencing with my mom. She would whisper into my ear, your husband reminds me just like your dad. Do you remember how evil your dad was to me? Da, 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 da. Like she would our whole childhood, she was trying to triangulate us against our father and then she would triangulate my father against us, right? So then when I got, (laughs) I'm grown, married and have two kids, she would get into my head and try to smack talk my husband and point out things and make up things and almost like describe who obviously she was. And then she was doing the same thing to my husband about me trying to smear campaign to break up my marriage because she did that to my sister and succeeded. She got into my sister's marriage, talked smack about my ex-brother-in-law to my sister and then would talk smack to my, about my sister and then talk to my sister about her husband and they ended up in a divorce um, and with a child and then left, you know, in this broken household. So then my sister moved in. So that's what she did to my sister. She was married and had a little boy. And then she got into my sister's marriage through a whole so much shade at my my sister's husband and my sister's mother-in-law that to the point where my sister just showed up on my mom's doorstep one day. And then my sister's life took a direct turn from everything my sister shared with me of how she was immediately um, then victimized over and over again by my mom going, you left your husband. So just like (laughs) the abuser to talk you into a situation and then shame you to the situation that they talked you into. And then she came to me and tried to do the same thing to my life, right? So it's very disgusting that they do this. So... The perpetrator also, um, there's 
other reasons why the smear campaign is actually so powerful for the perpetrator because it, it injures while they're injuring you the victim the victim then loses faith in all of their friends and support system they feel alone they feel terrified and unsure of what to do and that's exactly what happened to me um, at, the, at this last point when I was going to church with my mom and I realized the depth of the smear campaign that she had done for two years. I didn't know who I could trust anymore. And I, um, and so I just walked away from everyone. I just said, you know what? The easiest way is to just not engage and to walk away. And I did because I felt very alone. I didn't know who I could trust. I didn't know who believed all of the crap she said about me. And then I didn't know who was lying to me. And I, you know what? I, and I didn't know. There was too many things I didn't know. So I was like, you know what? Bye. I'm leaving. I'm not, I'm not looking back. I'm going to just, you know, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me scenario where I, at, for my point, that's how I chose to do it. Because I did feel alone, terrified, and unsure of what to do. Not so much terrified because I had a sort support system in my husband, but we both felt bamboozled. In this entire scenario. So, and there's a lot of times that that had happened that I realized was my mom in my life doing this, this stuff. So, um, and then, and then I'll, well, I'll go into my, at the end of the show of where I'm at now with that. So, and then also, um, asserting power over others through manipulation is how the narcissist proves to themselves that they are in control and that they are indeed superior that they are omnipotent and they are entitled to all they desire because narcissists want to be God, right? Narcissists feel like they, they will never be God inside of them. They know that they're not, but they want to, they desire it and they will do whatever they can to feel like they are like, Oh, like people around them. They want that. So that's why they will align themselves with people who have what they want. So they, if they want to be really publicly noticed and appreciated, they will align themselves with people like that. And, you know, and it's kind of hard to differentiate something like that because you also have, um, in our, like our culture is like success, success, success. And then people who want to train other people on how to be successful they will say we'll only hang around people who are successful in the way you want to be be successful well that also has its dark side because you're also going to be running up against narcissists who are using your same person your same person that you are looking up to they're looking up to this person as an entirely different reason and you will become their competition so be very aware be very aware so also um a narcissistic lady or man will meticulously curate themselves in their public identity. They like to look successful, they like to look accomplished, and they like to be physically put together. They will not really, and they will very rarely, want to share any of their dirty laundry. They don't want to talk about, and they don't want to be around people who will put them on blast and expose them for the dirty dogs that they are either. They will not, they don't want to do that. That's why they love it when, narcissists love it when their victims slide away in the quiet depths of, of sadness and, and brokenness and don't ever speak out against them. 
because it works for them. And it honestly, it's set up to. The smear campaign is set up to discredit the victim, right? So if the victim doesn't say anything, then people don't hear the victim's side. And if the victim does say something, they already smear campaigned and planted enough seeds of doubt against the victim that the victim just looks like they're the perpetrator, right? It sucks. I know it does. I know it sucks. It's like we're in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. F your value system values what other people think. Other people think about you. Other people think about you. I'm mixing my S's around. So if you have a value system where you really value what others think about you, you are very much in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Now, I chose to use this as like a shaking, right? So in the fall, when we have the trees with the dead leaves and then the wind blows through and it shakes and rattles the tree branches and all the dead leaves fall off, but there's still some stubborn ones that stay on. Those are my people, right? So if you are being in a narcissistic storm right now and the leaves are shaking and the leaves are tearing at you in the wind is tearing not the leaves are tearing at you the wind is tearing at your tree shaking up your life tree let those leaves fall let them fall if you have one leaf left you're doing great if you have no leaves left you're never alone you got to find the fact that you do not need to put your identity and your self-value and your self you know care and love for you should not be living outside of you like the narcissist So that is, for me, spiritually, I leaned on my Heavenly Father. If you're in a different spiritual path, you will need to find the fact that our beings should not be reliant upon the thoughts, opinions, and actions of someone else, right? So let those dead leaves fall out of your life. Do not engage. Do not try to save them. Because time, I firmly believe, time will always expose the truth. The people that the narcissist burned all these bridges against you, the ones that really know you and really care about you and really value you, will stay on the branch. Those are the stubborn leaves that will not fall and you count yourself blessed for having them. Okay? I know that it's hard. But that I firmly believe that that cliche taking the higher road definitely pays off in your sanity, your stress levels. Once you relinquish control over what other people think about you, you will feel so liberated because just like that of the saying that you may hear a lot, what people think about you is none of your business. It's none of your business, right? You can't control it. Move on. Stop wasting your time and your energy trying to control how people perceive you. It's none of your business. You will never control it. And the more you try, the more you just look like the person that the narcissist painted you as. All right? Do not play into the bait. Do not give them what the narcissist wants. All right. So also mothers who, and this was, I thought was really interesting too, um, to toss in there is that mothers who insinuated themselves or inserted themselves into divorce proceedings 
this is what happened to my sister too. Um, they will also take the side of the soon-to-be ex-husband. And mothers who also will try to break up their daughter's marriages will invent illicit affairs. They will also um, notify social services of fabricated charges. So like narcissistic parents, not just mothers, but fathers can insert themselves into a divorce proceeding. And then automatically, once they talk their their, their child for, to divorce their significant other, they will jump fence and then befriend the significant other only to further hurt the victim, their victim. This is why narcissists are so evil. And this is why as a Christian, I see the father of narcissism is Satan because Satan does this to people in their everyday life. Satan talks people into doing awful things and then shames them once they do the awful thing, right? This is what happens all the time. So spiritually in my path, I can see it super simple. You might have your own definitions for this, but for me, it makes 100% accuracy. So the narcissist will befriend the very person that they talked their, their child into divorcing to further the wound. They will also make up stuff. They will make up stuff to break up marriages. And that's what my mom did to my sister. And that's what my mom tried to do with me. She tried to paint my husband as this abusive husband. And then she tried to paint me as this person who was potentially maybe having an affair at work, but she just didn't give any details. She planted that seed in my husband's head. Thank God we made it through this, that, that horrible narc attack because we had known each other for so long. It kind of came to the point where like, this is stupid. This is not even true. You know what I mean? Like, so we let common sense lead us. Like we let our own common sense and how well we knew each other. Um, Cause I knew my husband since he was 16 and I was 18. So I had a long history to back up the fact that my mom was, you know, lying. But at that point I did not know that she was a narcissist. I just thought she was a big fat liar. Right. So <laughs> that's where I was at. I just wasn't there yet. And then also parents will insert themselves into the actual, um, lives of, so they will talk you into breaking away from a person and then they will go and befriend that person. Right. So even growing up, I had a really good friend in high school and all my mom would do was talk smack about her. But then as Facebook came, became a thing and my mom created a Facebook account, she would try to low key go behind and try to befriend all of my friends from high school on Facebook. And then slowly and slowly, I noticed that my bestest friends in high school that we would still keep tabs with just stopped talking to me. And now I'm like, wait a minute. But she had that footing with them because in their minds, they were, she was my mom. They could trust her. And I never have gotten the chance to set things straight or even feel it out. But I know that she had a hand in whatever changed because I learned that from my uh, situation with my friend at church. When my friend at church literally told me that this is what was going on. I'm like, oh, okay. So she did this to my friend at church. Most likely she's done it to every other friend that I've ever had because narcissists are not creative. They will use the same thing over and over again as long as they get the, the results that they want. Okay. So keep that in mind. 
So now that we have covered just a brief thing on narcissists, there is a cool article um, on abusewarrior.com that um, I could probably sit down and write my own and I just find it easier to talk about it because um, I don't have all that time to write my own blogs. So doing my show notes is a lot of work as it is. So um, one, a lot of these will reiterate what I've already shared. So this is an article I will put in the show notes called How to Survive a Smear Campaign in One Piece. So number one, their point is exactly what I say is don't get involved. I always say don't get in the mud, don't get into the mud with the pig. So um, this person is quoting, let me see who wrote this article. Um, it's abusewarrior.com. And let me see if there's actually an author. I've not seen an author at this point. So if I come across one, I will tell you that. But their first point was how to survive a smear campaign was um, they quoted the author from the book, The Vindictive Narcissist. And they said that it is a type um, oh, it's a book by Joseph Burgo and it's in, it's called The Narcissist You Know. So I think I'm going to try, I'm going to pick that book up at some point because I think that would be very um, eye-opening. And you're going to notice the more you learn about narcissists, different people have different names for different type of narcissists. I stick with the basics, overt and covert, but then obviously as you get to know more layers and more, you meet more different types of narcissists on the spectrum, you know, there's like the hero narcissist, the communal narcissist. So they're referencing one called the vindictive narcissist, and it's a type that Joseph Burgo in his book, The Narcissist You Know, writes about. And he states, the drive to prove oneself a winner and triumph over shame renders the truth irrelevant. So very much kind of how I said earlier, I haven't gone over all these points in depth. I just wanted to share this article because I thought it was handy. Um, I didn't read the whole entire article. That's what I'm trying to say. So I will, and I'm not going to read it to you (laughs) because I'm going to put it in the show notes so you can read it yourself. But like I said, the truth needs no defense to be true, right? So don't waste your energy. Truth stands on its own. And the people that matter will see the truth. And the people that have been lulled to sleep by the narcissist, hopefully over time will find the truth. So also, it's important to remember that while you desire to clear the air, it won't get you very far and it will keep you in the narcissist orbit. So that is what this article is saying. So it's really just touching base on what I said. You can try all you want, but you're going to just waste your time and you're going to like, just like a car stuck in the mud, the more you try to convince somebody that the narcissist lied about you, the more you're literally just digging yourself deeper into the mud because the narcissist already planted that seed of doubt a long time ago. The plant is there. It's grown. Nothing you can do about it. You can't just go in and rip it out of the person's brain. They're going to have to rip it out themselves. It's sad and it sucks, but it's the truth. So, though you will undoubtedly be upset, it is very critical, this is from the article, that you do not respond or seek to turn the tables. If the vindictive narcissist believes that she or he is in a struggle with you, they will increase the intensity of their assault in order to win. So, that's the also, I'm glad they mentioned this. That is also another way. Definitely possums have the right idea. All right. You can play possum or like therapists will say gray rock, right? Don't let them 
think that you are fighting back, just flip over and they will move on if they've, they're not getting fed off from you. So their, their second point they add to survive the smear campaign, concentrate on what you can handle rather than what you can't. I covered that. Um, they add that the narcissist will make an effort to sway people to their side and there's not much you can do about it. It's especially true if you're an adult child trying to establish boundaries or quitting cold turkey. That's exactly where I was at. Um, and this is so true. This is why I'm glad I, I um, touched base again on this article because this is one of the points I really wanted to hit home that I have struggled with and I'm, I will probably talk more at length about it in another episode because this is really where I was at and where I'm at. People want to believe in the mother myths that all women are caring, that all moms love, and unless they are truly open-minded or have it a personal experience, they are more likely to side with the parents. That is exactly what happened to me and my husband. That is 100% it, but I will share that for later. This is also difficult to accept, especially when close relatives are involved. Yep, you just have to, it sucks. The only, the only option I had was to just walk away, let the cards fall where they fell, and then those who want to pick them up and bring them back to me are the ones that matter. Those who want to be, you know, blinded, that's their choice. I can't wake them up out of this. Um, and then number three, expect the narcissist to take on the victim's position. Yep. Um, this is from the article. They can attest that this drove them nuts uh, during their divorce when the ex claimed that they are the ones that fled and abandoned him, leaving out all the reasons why and connect the dots. The fact is that his claim might have been proven to be false, didn't deter him in the least. So that's one thing is narcissists will do the mudslinging. They will throw everything at you. They will throw everything at the wall and just hope that one of the lies stick. That's, that's definitely a good point. Um, it's much more frequent when your mother lists all that she's ever done for you. Food, clothing, shelter, and will portray you as the jerk at best and a lunatic at worst while portraying herself as the helpless victim. Now that's what she did to my sister. So once she talked my sister in to leaving her husband... And then my, because he's obviously a horrible individual and whatever, that's what my, my mother would say. My sister moves back with my mom. That's the version of my sister we were always told. That she's a loser, that she's lazy, that she won't do anything. She moves in and she mooches and she won't ever leave her bedroom and she makes her raise her kid and all this stuff. And she's awful and she's this victim. And th so my sister would come over to my house or my mom would come over to my house and just bad mouth, bad mouth, bad mouth my sister. And we believed it because my, my, my sister was always being controlled by my mom. So I looked back in my past. I'm like, yep, my sister wanted us to come live with her to help them make ends meet and kicks me out on the street. My sister kicks me out of her wedding. And then come to find out when we finally got to talk 20 years later, I found out that my mom was actually the one who talked my sister. My mom did not like the fact that my husband and my, and I were living with my brother-in-law and my sister and we were all getting along excellent. And that is why it flipped on us so fast. She worked on them, told, told them to kick us out. So the smear campaigns that my mom has done against me and my husband have just been ongoing. 
but we didn't realize it. We didn't realize the reason why my sister was constantly attacking what I felt attacking me and my husband. It was all being driven from my mom because my sister apparently was too ignorant to the fact that she was being manipulated and controlled, right? So that's something she has to live with. Um, I forgive her for it, but I also can't stick around someone that is so, so weak that, that, that just lays down and lets the narcissist control them like a joystick. I can't have those people in my life. So number four, not backwards, but forwards. So the author of this article, which I cannot tell you because I didn't see their name anywhere, but it's off from abusewarrior.com. They say, I am not a therapist or a psychologist, but you don't need to be either to recognize that a smear campaign will shake you to your core and make you feel extremely insecure. After all, this isn't some random stranger pursuing you, but someone you cared about or loved and was connected to in significant ways. And that is true. A lot of people will try to discredit you because even though it's your story and you're sharing it, they won't want to believe what you have to say. And that is another layer of ridiculousness that we have to deal with is that while we're waking up from this narcissist abuse nightmare, we're having to defend ourselves against the very people that we thought we could trust. And then it's, it's just an evil cycle. The smear campaigns are evil cycles. So um, let me see what else I have to say. Uh, being the target of a smear campaign by someone you choose to be with brings up a slew of other often contradictory ideas and feelings. Yes, it will be necessary to figure out how you even got here, but doing so and attempting to keep afloat isn't the best option. One of the most difficult things to do is to avoid generalizing from the experience. It's simple to jump from a one man to all males, but it's very critical to acknowledge the particu- the, that particularly. This is a single individual who is doing this to you. Do not let it affect your outlook on life. Not everyone has a high level of narcissistic characteristics. And that is something that I had to unwire in my mind just from the way I was raised is that through the abuse, my mom would very easily manipulate my thoughts on how other people are and were. So then I realize now being the victim of her, she is very well controlling other people's thoughts against me. And when you are waking up from this narcissist induced nightmare, it's really easy to slide into not trusting anybody. Everybody's a narcissist at first. Like you start to question every relationship that you've ever been in. And you start to wonder if everyone is indeed a narcissist. If not, also going, am I the problem? (laughs) Am I the narcissist? And they say, if you're asking if you're the narcissist, most likely you're not the narcissist. You are the victim. (laughs) And you have so much self-awareness that you know that you might also be broken, you know, and need some work. But narcissists never question their brokenness. They don't. They don't care. They don't care. You're the glue that will keep them together. That's all they care. And they will steal it from you any way they possibly can. So yeah, this is just a skimming of uh, a smear campaign. (laughs) I'm sure the more we go through it, the the, um, more I will have more things to comment on. So um, I'm going to wrap this up and putting the link in the show notes for that narcissist um, 
abuse and regarding smear campaigns and their ways to survive. But it sounds like stuff I already commented on is very much um, also backed up by this this article on abusewarrior.com. So we're going to move into, um, I, I normally would do my journey so far, but since tomorrow's Tuesday and I'll do a Van Diary, I might just wrap that up. But I think I'll just wrap up just a skimming of um, my journey so far. And then I might go more in depth tomorrow in my Van Diary. So I will see you on the flip side during my journey so far. All right, so my journey so far uh, regarding the smear campaign is that to kind of breeze through the wrap-ups, if you don't want the in-depth rambling conversation of my Van Diaries, um, is the fact that we realized that my smear campaign that I experienced from my mom when I was going to church at this church for two years um, was the fact that my mom any relationship she saw my husband and I make, she would strategically go behind the scenes and try to wreck it. And we now know that that indeed what was, that is exactly what was going on. So it's not an assumption anymore. It was actually proven that that was what was happening. So number one, it was when she invited my friend, which I, she, anytime she saw me or my husband become really close and friends and, and have a relationship, you know, with someone at church, this is, she's done this my whole life, but this is what I'm talking about. The smear campaign that woke me up, um, and taught me what smear campaigns actually were was the fact that she would invite my friend over to her house purely to just trash talk me. And knowing that my friend was a vegetarian, she made her like sausage gravy and told her to pick out the sausage. So not only did she invite my friend over because she was threatened by her, she also purposely was feeding her food that she knew that she would not eat. And then also would just sit down to trash talk me. And this was confirmed when I talked to my friend after I started to realize that she was acting really weird to me. It's because my mom would invite her over for these brainwashing sessions. And I had to say, when she, when my friend didn't come to my children's birthday party and she was acting really standoffish and I was just like, what is going on? I think it's because her and I had been friends for so long. And then all of a sudden my mom just started that smear campaign, planting those seeds of doubt that we just talked about. And she didn't know how to approach it. She didn't know. She told me she didn't know. Do I tell my friend, do I tell Harina and say, hey, your mom is inviting me over to her house and trying to feed me all kinds of meat when she knows I'm a vegetarian and then all she wants to do is trash talk you? She didn't know how to approach it, right? So when I called up her up to check on her and was like, hey, I just want to make sure you're feeling good, blah, blah, she couldn't make, she quote unquote couldn't make it because she wasn't feeling good. Um, and that was my children's birthday party when my mom had said, is your friend acting differently towards you? It's because she wanted to know how, the, how well her smear campaign was working. That is why my mom asked me that cryptic question at my kid's birthday party that my friend could not make. She asked, is your friend acting strange towards you all of a sudden? Well, that is because my mother was inviting that friend over to her house multiple times to crap talk me. And she wanted to know how well it was working. Now tell me how sick that is. 
How sick is that, right? Very disgusting. Now this coming from a mother who I looked at as my most closest friend in the world, right? Outside of my husband, you know, it was like my mom and I were so tight. I thought, no, that's what the narcissist wants you to think. They want you to trust them so you will never suspect them. But let me tell you, when you do, when you find out their true colors, good luck trying to stick around and survive. They will always have a straw in you trying to suck whatever life is left in you. They will want to suck that life just right out of you because they're evil, evil little sad vampires who don't give a crap about anyone but themselves. That's just it. Whatever got them to that point, none of my business. I can't change it. I can't change who they are. Only they can change themselves and who they are. So now knowing when I found out that my mom was doing this, that is when I was like, whoa, this is what this is what's going on. If she's doing this to my friend, who else in my life has she done this to? Who else has she pulled aside and just started making crap up? Right? So then my sister and I start talking more. I start to share what was going on. And then my sister shares this. This is exactly what my mom did to her when they went to church together at another church. So I start to see that my mother not only has used organized religion as a weapon against my sister and myself, she also ha- elevates herself to a godlike pedestal in the world where everybody is beneath her and everybody is trash and she is so amazing and she does nothing wrong that's what narcissists do that she also would shame my sister into not being a quote-unquote christian because i stray away from the title altogether now because it has just been it's just it's just lost whatever meaning that it ever had so I would just say I'm a follower of Jesus Christ because I believe in the teachings of Jesus Christ. I do not believe in the teachings of the humans who want to act like they are Jesus Christ. (laughs) So that's where I'm at now because when you have traveled through this narc scenario, you start to see where narcissism is in every rank of our society. And it really makes you take a step back and go, wow. But it di- it doesn't make me throw everything out. It makes me cut out the garbage and throw it in the garbage and keep the golden nuggets. And that's what I've chosen to do. So my sister then started to share with me that my mom would shame her into not... Um, wanting to talk to her about God, not wanting to talk to her about the Bible, not wanting, so she would elevate herself as some, in some pious way that my sister did not act like her. So then my sister was guilted into going to church because then maybe her mom would like her more, right? So my sister starts going to this church with my mom. This was before me, right? This was before me and my mom, had, she burnt this church down with me. She she taught, shamed my sister into going to church. And then while she was going to church, smear campaigned her while being at church. So then the, my sister started to find out that people that were really nice to her stopped talking to her. And then all of a sudden, people started giving her the weird stinky side eye. And then all of a sudden, a magical group appears in, my, in that church where all the women would get together. My mom created a, a church group and named it after herself, her middle name. I won't say it, but she named it after herself, right? 
so she has a middle name that can be that's like a like a it's like a noun, right? It can just it can be a name of something without being the person's middle name, right? So it's not like a Marie or an Anne or a Tom or whatever. You know, it's it's a it's a word that is also can be a noun or an adjective. So my sister tells me that she created in their in her old church a a group of women and named it after herself. And then every week my sister attended one meeting in this thing. And all these women think that they're just, oh, we're so happy we get to get together and, and talk about God and and life or whatever. No. My sister said exactly what my mom did was turn it into a bash anyone my mom wanted to bash sex session she turned it into a narcissist bashing session and they were all their her unsuspecting flying monkeys in training and then slowly my sister started to realize that my mom just used it to lament about her horrible childhood and her horrible marriage and her horrible daughter Harena. <laughs> And then when my sister said she was going to go back for a second time, my mom told her, no, 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 don't go. It's probably not for you, which only made her start to go, huh? If she was talking smack about everybody outside of church, she's now probably talking smack about me and this little group that she created, right? So slowly, 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 she edged my sister out of the church, the very church that she shamed her into attending. She smack talked her right on out. And then my sister stopped going to church. So then what was she going to do? She went and latched on to me and then rode my coattails to wherever my leaf landed. And I landed at a church that I thought was going to be a great experience for me because I had requested the Bible studies. And then seven months later, I had landed there while my mom followed me to that church and then smear campaigned me and my family the same way she did my sister And then, thankfully, COVID was a blessing in disguise. It was a curse and a blessing for many reasons, which we all know. It was my exit for the people I did not want to participate in the smear campaign with. I chose to just walk away. I didn't answer any questions. I did not want to get in the mud with the narcissist. I knew instinctually... Because I just applied myself and thought, you know what? There's nothing I can do. Liars are going to lie. We can't control what liars say. We can't control where the lies land. And we can't control who will allow the lies to grow. But I can control me. And I can control how I react. And I can control how I am perceived And I am not going to get in the mud with the narcissist. I am not going to try to clear my name. I am not going to try to change the minds of anyone. Anyone worth of value will will stick around. And anyone who was feeble-minded and easily to manipulate will go away. And that is what I did. So my husband and I walked away. We never looked back. We never tried to clear our name. And we never attended that church again. And we, it was sad because, but you know what? There's a lot of reasons why I'm glad I'm not at that church anymore. Because the more that I realized that that church was a very legalistic church, 
they were very hateful the more I got we got to really see their true colors and I firmly believe that it was it was heaven sent that I got out of there and I'm just gonna take that and we, we my husband and I both felt like God just plucked us out and was like see this is what legalism was like and then also I had to go through a lesson on legalism and how hateful people can be under certain denominations and also experienced my very first smear campaign for the only person that I ever trusted in my life. And it was a very rough patch. And I'm going to just tell you, I would have never been able to handle it had I not felt fully taken care of by my, my father in heaven. So from, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> There's a lot. I'm still work in progress, right? And I will reference my spiritual path because that is the only reason why I'm where I'm at and right now in my life. That's the only reason why I did not go for revenge. My past person would have gone for revenge. I would have wanted my mother to hurt as much as she made me. But that's not where I'm at now spiritually. So I can only speak for myself. Um, I hope that if you're not there, that you will heed my warning that that's not the best way to go. Nothing good will come from it. And that's one way. And I don't care if you're religious or not religious or spiritual, not spiritual. Instinctually as humans, we don't want to live a life of suck, right? So if nothing good is going to come from our actions, then why in the hell would we do those actions, right? Ask yourself that. You don't have to believe in anything above you. You can just believe in straight old common sense. Why make your life suck, right? Why dig your wheels so deep in the mud for the sake of saying you did? What is that? Who wins there? Nothing, nobody. You know who wins? The narcissist. Because you played right into their hand. So by me not doing anything, I, in my way... I won because I cut off the supply. I shut down the supply chain that the narcissist had set up regarding me and my family. And I really hope that you can power through and do that too. All right. So this has been my journey so far in waking up from my narcissist induced nightmare and surviving the smear campaign from the only person that I ever, never would have ever, ever, ever suspected would want to trash me and burn me down as fast and as easily and quickly and painfully as they did. So, if you have a story of your own that you would like to share, you can email the show at iwashornswoggled at gmail.com or head to my website, Hornswoggle Podcast, to record a message uh, right there to share. And also there's a contact form. Alrighty, so until next time, have a great day and God bless. Bye.